Off a day, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Hearthstone Deck Tech. Sorry if it sounds a little weird. We have a new stream station. Uh, this podcast is coming out a little late um, because we have moved. I put an aircon in my new room in another one of the rooms in my house, and now we have a new streaming area. So that took a little while. That said, we're talking about two decks today, two standard decks, and I think they are are pretty fun and competitive. They're definitely competitive. They they both are legend proven decks, um, and I think I you know I, I may even try to pilot these this season. I had planned on piloting Mechathune, but uh, I'm having a lot of fun playing these two decks. Uh, so one of them is Quest Priest, and it's Zetalot's Quest Priest, and I actually think it's it's a pretty nice deck. Um, you know, basically, you really just want to keep pushing value onto the board with all these death rattle minions you have amara to stabilize um and you just end the game by just out valuing your opponents uh and out resourcing them in versus the aggressive matchups right and you're landing amara you're completing the quest um and versus control you just outvalue them just too much stuff so here is the list it's one awaken the makers the quest one Blood Mage Thanos, two Shadow Visions, two Spirit Lash, two Gilded Gargoyles, a Shadow Word Death, one Twilight's Call, two Duskbreakers, two Witchwood Pipers, two Rotten Apple Bombs, two Bone Drakes, a Cairn, two Coffin Crashers, one Archbishop Benedictus, two Psychic Screams, Shadow Reaper Anduin, Lich King, two Obsidian Statues, a Ysera, and a Xerx cloning gallery. That is value, my friends. Um, you'll notice right off the bat on the list, there are only um, one, two, three, four, five, five creatures that do not have death rattle. So these are the minions um, that you don't really want to see with Xerx uh, cloning gallery. Actually, there's four minions because Ysera, you wouldn't mind seeing with Xerx cloning gallery. Um, and those minions are Dusk Breakers. Um, Witchwood Pipers. <clears throat> Sorry, my voice is killing me. Dustbreakers, Witchwood Pipers, uh, and then the Ysera, right? And, um, you know, obviously those tools have their strengths and a reason why we're playing. But we'll go through the list quickly, right? Awaken Makers of the Quest. I don't think you ever throw the quest away. I, I think now the Priest package, it has quite a, a good amount of cards to complete the quest quickly enough. Um, you know, you have cheap creatures, you got, you know, you got Twilight's Call, uh, and this this deck does a pretty decent job of, of fighting for the board or, you know, removing board states early, right? So I think you're going to keep the quest in most cases, but that means that your mulligan becomes much more difficult because that's one less card that you can get rid of every turn, right? So... That has always been the case with quests, right? But, um, you know, that doesn't affect other quests most of the time, right? Like Cavern, uh, Quest Rogue is not ever throwing away the quest, right? You know, no other quest deck is really throwing the quest away, so that's fine. So you keep that. Obviously, that's a must-have in the deck. Blood Mage Thanos, which I think is a must-have because you can pair it with Spirit Lash. And even though that's the only combo you can use it with, the value is too solid. Uh, you, we have two Shadow Visions, so you can find Spirit Lash or a Death or the Psychic Screams, right? 
those are the only removals on the deck. Um, I've thought about playing Silence, but, you know, I don't have 80,000 Preach games under my belt. So I'll just refer to what the pro has decided, and Zeta doesn't play Silence. So, you know, we're not messing with it yet. Uh, Two-Spirit Lash, which is very good against a lot of aggro decks. And it's just, you know, when paired with Blood Nage Thanos, it can really be a nice uh, piece of healing. Two Gilded Gargoyles, which actually is a very underrated card. Getting the coin is pretty much like getting an Innervate, right? So, uh, and you're putting in a small body on the board. So, it's pretty decent. Early game Death Rattle gives you a coin, gives you that slight bump and ramp. Uh, one Shadow Word Death. It's interesting that Priest, it's very difficult to find Shadow Word Pain, room for Shadow Word Pain and Shadow Word Death nowadays, right? But if there's anything that can really set this deck back, it's not wide boards per se. It's tall boards, right? Uh, you don't really want to face decks where they drop in something like a 6-6 six, six or 7-7 seven, seven early in the game you know, and they're pushing with that character or that creature because you just kind of deal with that. So uh, spot removal like death is pretty important. And you can see one in here. One Twilight's Call. I would argue that two Twilight's Call is better. But like I said, I'm just giving uh, Zeta Lot's list, which I think is still pretty decent. So he's running one. So I think, you know, one is fine. And obviously you won't play this till, you know, after turn five. Or, you know, at least after you've played Blood Mage Thanos plus a uh, Gilded Gargoyle. Uh, two Duskbreaker, and Duskbreaker is a great removal card, but re remember, there are only five total dragons in the deck, including the Duskbreaker. So keeping these in the mulligans in aggressive matchups may be the right play, but that's really going to be dependent on what the rest of your hand is looking like. You know, I think mo most situations you're throwing Duskbreaker back because, you know, you, <laughs> you still have to draw, you know, one of four other cards. So it's difficult to activate. It's more of a later game clear. Right? Two Witchwood Pipers. Witchwood Piper is okay. Um, this is the first card I would cut. You know, it draws you, um, you know, the good stuff like Blood Mage Thanos or Gilded Gargoyle. But I much rather prefer to have Dead Ringer, right? A cheaper card on curve that draws you directly into a death rattle. Um, you know, Witchwood Piper really, it's only situation to me that it becomes very strong as if uh, it pulls your Duskbreaker. And that only happens uh, in a very particular situation. You know, unless there's a combo here that I'm not seeing, but I don't see it. So I really, I, I don't, you know, I don't see the line of play of of why the Piper would be better than Dead Ringer, to be honest. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I question that slot a lot, right? Two Rotten Apple Bombs, which are just great cards. A Taunt and a Heal, you need this. It's a good mid-range defensive card. Uh, two Bone Drakes. Bone Drakes are solid. This is one of your activators for your Dustbreaker. Um, and it's a good strong value card with a good stat line. Karen, because, you know, Karen is fucking a nice 4-5 body uh, that comes back. And two Coffin Crashers. Now, Coffin Crashers is one of the better cards in the deck, uh, and this is what you want to use to kind of cheat out value by pulling out your Obsidian statue, obsidian Statues or your Cairns or your Bone Drakes, you know, getting getting more of those bigger mid-range and late-game uh, minions onto the board. It's a pretty awesome card. 
I like it. One Archbishop Benedictus, and Benedictus is there simply for the control mirrors, right? Where you aren't going to beat them on value unless you're playing what they play, right? Uh, two Psychic Screams, you know, just good removal. A Shadow Reaper Anduin. Uh, Lich King. Two Obsidian Statues, right? Like, the Obsidian Statue is really strong in this deck because of Coffin Crasher, because of not having to pay the tempo of a turn like that. Uh, a Ysera, which, you know, is just a king of control, right? Just a great, great endgame control card. And Zerix calling that for the shenanigans and the memes, you know what I mean? And Zerix got so many good targets in the deck, it's, it's great. There's only a few targets that it sucks to hit, right? Which are like Dustbreaker and Witchwood Piper and Benedictus. But aside from that, everything else in there is value, right? So this is a pretty cool deck. I think it's relatively strong against aggro decks. I think it suffers versus Quest Rogue, and I think it suffers versus Togwoggle Druid, possibly even Mally Druid. Um, but outside of that, I think it has a game to beat most decks in the format. I think it's very well positioned. Um, it's a good deck. I, I like it. I like it. I think, I think you have a lot of fun playing it. I think mulligan-wise, you're pretty versus aggro. Remember, you're never getting rid of the quest. But versus aggro, you're probably looking for uh, Spirit Lash, um, Gilded Gargoyle, and a Dustbreaker with a Dragon combination. So maybe even holding on to dragons. Um, and I would even think about holding Twilight's Call uh, versus Control Decks. I think I would hold Archbishop Benedictus. Maybe, you know, I don't even, I wouldn't throw the quest away. I, I think, like, completing the quest is, is a nice effect. So, I, but I would go for a longer-term game. And you'll notice that this deck, it doesn't have a lot of the early game draw that most Control Decks have. Uh, so because of that, you can afford to go and pick the later game cards because, you know, early game cards weren't going to do anything for you anyway, right? So you can hold on to Xerxes Clone Gallery, I think. Uh, you can hold on to Benedictus, right? Maybe not three expensive cards, but you can hold on to a lot of those uh, later game cards and, and then ride those to victory. Um, and I think it's an interesting deck. I think always Priest Quest Priest is always a cool... Uh, style and archetype that just, you know, sometimes falls flat, uh, but it's finally finding its home. And I think, uh, I really think Zedala has a good build, good build here. So try it out. You know, let me know what you think. Oh, what happened there? Okay. And the second deck is a deck that I actually, I've been playing quite a bit uh, in the past couple days. Um, originally, I did not plan on talking about this. Originally, I planned on talking about another priest list, which was Asmodai's priest list, the Resurrect priest list. But I'm convinced that the deck is not good. Um, after, you know, a couple of days of playing Asmodai's list, uh, I feel the matchups are way too polarizing. I think the aggro matchups like Odd Rogue and, uh, you know, Odd Paladin, even Shaman, even, like, those matchups, Zoo, those matchups are way way too difficult for that deck. That deck is missing a lot of early game disruption to to play those, and that deck is really, really reliant on good hands. And it is not an easy deck to pilot. I think, and statistically, it has a poor win rate. So, you know, I, I personally do not like the deck. I think it's interesting, for sure. Um, but it's not efficient and clean in any way. And those are some of the reasons why I just don't like the deck. I, I, um, and I refuse to 
you know, tell you guys to try out Asmodee's list, even though, you know, maybe some of you already tried it out. Uh, if I can't vet that list, I, and personally, I suck with it. And I may not be the greatest Hearthstone player, but, you know, I, I really feel like, like there's missing some things. So instead, I bring to you a different list, which I think is very cool. So here's the backstory about this list. And this is Star Aligner Druid in standard, guys. So I think this is very interesting. Um, a few days ago, Ike, Mike Eisner, or whatever his name, I don't really know. His, I forgot his name. This is his Twitter handle. is Ike HS. Uh, he's obviously a very good Hearthstone player. He was he was playing a Starliner list in Standard, and he was five and zero. Right, small sample size, pretty cool. So I played his list, um, and I was doing okay with it. You know, I won a couple, lost a couple. It was interesting. Uh, and then in one of my matches, I challenged a uh, a player, and he added me. And he was like, oh, I see you're playing Chump's list, right? So I, I automatically thought, oh, you know, maybe he's just salty and he's calling this guy Chump instead of Trump, right? Because maybe Trump played Ike's list already or something. I don't know. It was pretty quick, right? But uh, as it turns out, there's a very good Hearthstone player. And his name is Chump HS. You can find him on YouTube. He doesn't really post on Twitter uh, that much, but... You can find him on YouTube, Chump HS, and he has a Starliner Druid list, and this is the list minus one card, which I've changed. Uh, I've played this list a bit, and I really, really enjoy it. And I don't know if it's just because, you know, I, I played Druid the entire month last month that I'm just kind of familiar with uh, a lot of the lines, but um, I, think, I think it's a fun deck. I, I don't know... Uh, if it's tier one, but I think it's deceptively good, very, very good, and does well against uh, most archetypes out there. So, <clears throat> uh, most archetypes out there, except even Shaman Zoo. But we'll, we'll talk about the deck, right? So, sorry, I'm coughing here. Uh, one moment, let me drink a little bit of water. Okay, here we go. So it's two Lesser Jasper Spellstones, two Naturalized, two Wild Growth, two Injured Blade Master, two Witching Hour, one Ironwood Golem, two Oaken Summons, two Swipes, two Arcane Tyrants, two Carnivorous Cubes, two Nourish, one Mossy Horror, one Malfury on the Pestilent, two Star Aligners, two Charged Devil Stars, one Grand Archivist, and two ultimate infestations. Now, uh, Chump HS's list was one card different. He was running Lich King instead of Grand Archivist, but I'm here for the memes, and I like Grand Archivist. Um, but let's talk about the deck. So, basically, what this deck wants to do, it, will, it wants to cheat out the Blade Masters or the Golems early, and it wants to ramp, and then it wants to get into a mid-game where you use the Carnivorous Cubes on the Blade Masters, um, or on charge devil stars, and you know what you do is, uh, like I said, it's a mid game. You know, you, you, you're you know, creatures are dying. You play a charge devil star for eight. You attack, it dies. Then you witching hour, carnivorous cube. You know, witching hour, attack again for seven, carnivorous cube, 
naturalize, get two more, that's 21 damage, right? Um, or what you can do is, can, you know, Witching Hour, Attack for 7, Carnivorous Cube, you know, if you feel the cube is going to stay alive, the ne next turn you naturalize, so you have two 7-7s, seven then you play Star Aligner, clear the board, attack for 14 damage, and do an extra 7 damage from Star Aligner's uh, battle cry, right? It's a sick, sick deck, sick idea. Um, and remember, you don't even need to do it with Star, uh, with Charged Devil Stars. You can do the same thing with uh, Injured Blade Masters or Grand Archivist. There's just so many lines. Um, I really enjoy the deck. It's pretty fun. Uh, so let's talk about cards individually. A lot of these are the same, and they work the same as they do in other matchups. Lesser, Lesser Jasper Spellstone is a good spot removal. Naturalize a good spot removal. And Mill... Uh, mill option for slower decks wild growth for the ramp injured blade master you never keep this you want to get this out with the oaken summon so it's a four seven right but if you have it in hand and it's turn three and you have nothing better to do then there's nothing wrong with playing a four three on turn three um two witching hours you primarily want to get back well you obviously want to get back charged devil star but you do need to keep in mind this deck has no spreading plague because of the beast tag um and the only beast you can get is from malfurion so be wary that, you know, if you've played Malfurion, you may not get the Devil Stars. So that may be a reason to hold back on uh, playing uh, Malfurion at some points in the game. And I think Malfurion, as good as it is, uh, it, it's a possible cut for something more defensive uh, earlier, like another Ironwood Golem. Um, um, or a mid-range taunt, I would even say Rotten Apple Bomb would be pretty decent because of the heal option. So think about that. But uh, yeah, so two Witching Hours, which you want to use to bring back the Charged Devil Star so you can combo with Carnivorous Cube. One Iron, one Golem, so that your Oaken Summons has more targets, right? Um, and it's just decent taunt at turn four. Um, so we have two Oaken Summons. Oaken Summons, you know, gain six armor, put a creature from the deck into play that's cost uh, with um, what do you call mana cost four or less, right? Yeah, so that's why you have one Ironwood Golem and two Injured Blade Masters, because you want to you want to pull one of those three creatures out. And since you have two Oaken Summons, it's very often that uh, you'll pull one of the creatures before them. So you, you always want the Oaken Summons to hit pretty much, right? So I could really see actually playing one more creature at a lower cost. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, should it be a second Ironwood Golem or something with more intrinsic value? I don't know. Or like another cheap taunt, maybe even a Mogushan Warden, which is a 1-7 taunt. I don't know. Uh, but there are options out there. Two swipe, you know, it's good removal, good against Paladin, good against Rogue. This is a must keep versus Odd Rogue. Two Arcane Tyrants, uh, which is just really solid in any Druid deck that runs Nourish or UI, right? good value. Two carnivorous cubes, which you use to to generate later game value, but most of the time to get seven sevens, right? You know, you want to kill the double stars with it and then get two more for burst, right? It's pretty cool. Uh, two nourish, obviously for ramp or draw. One mossy horror. I've seen some lists run two, so maybe if you're dropping Malfurion in the Pestilent, maybe you run double mossy horror. Mossy horror is cool because not only does it kill most of the public enemies in um, current meta, right, like Giggling Inventor and Spreading Plague, 
but it's a 2.7, right? Uh, which makes it a great target for Starliner setups. Malfira on the Pestilent, which is a good defensive card. It's a strong card that gets, like, if if you play this and you're able to keep any kind of board presence that the opponent has to deal with, then you pretty much win on the spot because you can armor up for however many turns to get out of range. Um, strong card, really good against Mage, re- you know, good against a lot of decks. But the problem is that it messes up your Witching Hour. So, but you know, that this is it's there for the the matchups where you win by playing Malfurion. Uh, and not in the matchups where you win by playing Witcher, Witching Hour, right? The, those two ma- those two pools are totally different. Two Star Aligner. Um, <clears throat> typically, there are going to be times where there's nothing to do in hand, and it's okay to just play a Star Aligner from the hand, even if you don't activate the Battle Cry. But I think there are many situations... It, it's very easy, actually, to activate the Star Aligner. So uh, I think in in some situations it's okay to just you know hold on to it in the hand. But if you have no other tempo play, well, you know there's nothing wrong with playing a seven seven. It's still a body. So you know you lose the 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 wow factor, but um, you know sometimes it's the right play. So don't always be too greedy about saving it in hand. There are times where um, you know one of the biggest problems with this deck is it has no spreading play. So when boards get wide, you have no answer. So a lot of times, you are going to need to have to set up a future star line return. Okay, so it might mean uh, witching hour into carnivorous cube, or you know carnivorous cubing a mossy horror on the board or an IBM on the board, whatever it may be, uh, in hopes that your opponent says, "Well, I'm just going to not hit it and go face." Right, and if they do that, then the next turn you use naturalized star liner and hope that you um, stabilize at whatever health you are. But you know, sometimes there's just no like you do not have an answer for a wide board, and that's one of the deck's biggest problems. Two charge double star, you know, this is the number one creature in the deck, pretty much. Uh, you know, doesn't have charge from the hand, but it does have charge when you break it with the nourish or uh, when you break it with cube um it does have charge when it comes back with witching hour it's a good it's a good option it's seven seven body it's it's uh, ridiculously strong it's there it's good one grand archivist um chump was playing lich king which is obviously a good body eight eight for eight right um gets you the card i'm playing grand archivist because i want one more target to possibly activate with starliner and there aren't many spells in the deck, and I'm, you know, the more I think about it, I wouldn't be disappointed playing any of the spells, right? Aside, aside from maybe Witching Hour, but even then, it's the chance that it plays Witching Hour, which is a 7-7 for me, right? So there, there are so many good cards that it can play here, Nourish, UI, right? Um, and, you know, Naturalize and Spellstone, but, you know, we'll take those risks, right? Uh, so I, I like it. It's a flex spot. It's not necessary, but it's interesting, fun, tempo-based, activate Starliner. Uh, it's good. And, of course, we round off the pool with the best Druid card in the game, right, which is two ultimate infestations. And you know what? I mean, we've talked about that card, <laughs> like, all the time. It's just the best Druid card. 
having an ultimate infestation in your hand or knowing that you're going to draw into it soon allows you to play much more loosely. You can use nourish for ramp. You can be way more greedy. You know, you can, you can throw out your hand. You can vomit your hand out on the board because you know that once you've hit the 10 mana, you're going to refill five cards in your hand. And I, you know, at a huge rate, right? Like five cards, minion, and health, and damage. And I think knowing that you have that insurance in the back is a big, big, you know, uh, boom. Big way for you to push, like, uh, damage and, and tempo. And this is that's what this deck wants to do. In terms of matchups so far, um, like... Let's talk about the, the most different matchup, right? Which is Tempo Mage, right? This deck does do pretty well against Tempo Mage because you have uh, Oaken Summons and you have Malfurion, uh, but you do need to answer the Mana Worms early. So Lesser Jasper Spellstone is important. Um, I don't, you know, you don't have that much ramp. So Malfurion, I think, is a must-keep in the opening hand. Uh like, you know, especially if you already have a couple cards that are pretty decent keeps in the matchup, you want to you want to hold Malfurion, um, because you you need to get that armor. It you know you don't this deck does not have Ferocious How it does not have branching paths, so you know that is twenty four, thirty plus armor that you no longer have access to because you're not playing that deck, but you are playing Oaken Summons, you are playing Ironwood Golem. So you do have an early game option to stall the board and, you know, gain some armor. Uh, and if you're able to just drop out fat mid-range minions that force actions from your, your opponent, then you might just do it, right? Um, I would say that's that's got to be a pretty even matchup, right? Maybe 45-55 in favor of the, the mage, maybe. Um the toughest matchups, like I said, are Zoo, uh, Zoo, and even Shaman because they go too wide. You don't have Spreading Plague to to stabilize. Uh, their boards are just too wide. Even though you're dropping bigger bombs, um, it doesn't matter because they're going to find the damage, and your bigger bombs can only trade one creature into their stuff, right? Especially if they do something like Giggling, and you haven't hit your Mossy Horror, you're in a world of hurt. Um, I would say Quest Rogue can be a very difficult matchup, uh, just depending on how quickly they get out on the start. So you really need to push Ramp and Oaken Summons and just hope for the best. And in every matchup, seeing Wild Growth, Oaken Summons, Nourish, that's those are good keeps. I would keep those. Uh, Nourish, maybe I wouldn't keep in some aggressive matchups, but um, and I'm just hard mulligan for Oaken Summons. But uh, you know, it could be it's, it could be a decent keep. Matchups that are really good are like, you know, the slower matchups, Odd Warrior. Um, I've lost to an Odd Warrior, uh, but I had the worst start ever. Like, I didn't get anything for, like, 11 turns. Um, you know, I was just sitting on 10 mana with nothing to do for the longest time, which, you know, happens. Um, but, yeah, versus those decks, you just kind of beat them down with just... A bunch of devil stars, really. You know what I mean? They kill a devil star, you pull another one out. You pull two out with a what's that called? Carnivorous cube. There's a lot of a lot of stuff that you can put on the board and really eat into the armor, uh, so that 
Reckless Flurry just doesn't have that strong of an effect. And you pretty much just kill them before it gets too wild. I think the same is true for a lot of the other slower decks, um, especially like the cheaty druid type of decks like Togwoggle, right? Maligos. Um, you know, they, they have problems dealing with big ass threats early, and that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to get a big board quick, right? Uh, so, yeah, Odd Rogue, I think, is a pretty fair matchup. I think it was probably even in our favor uh, because you have Swipe. You have Lesser Jasper Spellstone, you have Oaken Summons, you have good tools to deal with those threats that go high. Odd, Odd Rogue doesn't go wide enough, not the way Zoo goes wide, and it doesn't refill that fast. You have a Mossy Horror, um, you, and Odd Rogue is the matchup where it's very, very likely that you're going to be able to activate Starliner, because if you're eating threats, they're not wanting to trade those threats. Like, if you're using Carnivorous Cube to kill something... Uh, to kill one of your minions, they're likely not going to kill the cube, you know, um, because it's just wasted damage and resource. So that may buy you a, time, a turn so you can activate Starliner. Uh, and yeah, and that's that's just a strong play. So this is the deck. These are two decks that I would suggest you give a try this, this season. It's October. Um, we are going to be trying more decks, see what else is new out there. I want to do another mech paladin deck or or even tempo mage um if you guys feel like you want to see a guide for tempo mage so you let me know uh, about the future things and we'll, we'll, we'll look into them we'll try them out but there's two decks here the deck this deck codes are in the description give them a try um and let me know what you think which one is better which one uh which ones do you like what what would you change you know let me know and as always, thank you guys for listening. I hope this my voice is clear. I'm coming down with a cold. My new aircon is loud. Let me know how I can improve that. And if you want to see me stream, we'll stream, be streaming more Hearthstone at twitch.tv slash Kensanity, right? So always check me out. And I will see you guys next time.